Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. How did you know? I mean, you were able to just look at him and tell he was not telling the truth. Well, you're going to understand that you always have to be working on your discernment. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So you know what to do. Stick with me on the flip as we get into talking about D is for discernment. Yep, I'm going to see you on the flip. When I was growing up, I could have sworn that my grandmother had a special power, you know, like she was other, preternatural, superhuman, because that woman could just look at you and know things about you that it would take many people years to find out. And I remember a conversation that she had with one of her friends and I was kind of eavesdropping on because I that was still during the time when kids should be seen, not heard kind of, you know, situation. And the friend who I loved dearly and was quite funny <laughs> was saying to my grandmother something that kind of like what we talked about in the A part, you know, that she was able to just look at this young man and, and knew he was not telling the truth. And in my grandmother's later years, she was a residential house mother in the university, uh, at the university in the t- town that we grew up in. And she always had this uncanny ability to get to the root of a matter with the most kindness, with the people coming to know what true love and consideration and, and, you know, appreciation would do when someone dared to believe in you. And I remember my grandmother over and over again, she would be able to dispel disputes, um, even when little tiffs would come up because she was a residential mother in the men's dorms. And so you had different cliques that might even be considered gangs today. And she was able to dispel a lot of their animosity toward each other. And she always talked about how we needed to have discernment. Now, if you were to go and look at this word discernment, you would see that it has a strong spiritual connotation where it talks about this ability, supernatural spiritual ability to be able to decipher and understand things without uh, input. But My grandmother probably, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I don't think she would describe it as such based on how she worked with us growing up to start developing discernment. Well, for one thing, she didn't believe that discernment was just simply a situation where you have this great gift and you're able to just know things. No, she was of the opinion that it was a muscle that needed to be worked and that you needed to grow into it and you needed to Be aware of more than what your eyes and your senses would tell you. I remember her talking about getting 
uh, to the point where you could trust yourself above what you might see because you had done the work and you had done things to know when you've got to trust that that gut feeling you've got to trust what um is pinging around in your in your mind and if i were looking at this from a neurobiological standpoint now i would say that my grandmother was able to synthesize and use a lot of different inputs and that she had a very strong skill of deducement and observation kind of like on the order of uh people when you think of um the, the fictional characters of Sherlock Holmes or even Columbo. Nothing really got past her. She would see beyond sight in, in some instances where it was uncanny that she was able to divine, if you will, what was going on. But the good thing about it was that she rubbed off on me and a lot of my siblings and even a lot of people who had the opportunity to be around her Um when she was on this earth. And because of that, I was very grateful. She would give us so many lessons. And I remember going to college and her words coming back to me, just as she said they would. She would give us so many life lessons. And you know, I've talked about her and my mother very often on some of the podcasts. And so today is kind of like a throwback to go back and give this kind of insight and give a little wisdom smack about why we need to have discernment. So like we normally do, let's go and just kind of check out what discernment actually means. And when we look at this quote-unquote discernment, uh, we find that if we go back to the etymology of the word, it is another one of those very strong words in that it has retained most of its ability, um, not ability, but most of its um, definition over the years, okay? So, with discernment, it uh, came about in the late 16th century, around the 1580s, and it was uh, known as a keenness of intellectual perception, insight, acuteness, acuteness of judgment, and it meant the act of perceiving by intellect. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a little subsect here that um, talks about the penetration or the insight that is able to go to the heart of a matter and read the inmost character. You see, that's the part that was uncanny about my grandmother. She could divine down to the bone and marrow of a person. And it it was a a sight to behold. If you look at uh, today's regular uh, definition, it says the same thing. It talks about perception and intellect and being able to use those things to gather information and to um, be able to know what is true and what is not. To, you know, actually be able to see the heart of the matter, the truth of a situation. And I am reminded of so many times that I had to use discernment and nothing, no amount of evidence that was presented to me at the time jived with or went in hand with the discernment that I was getting. And I was great, very grateful for having been raised by a person who excelled in this. And I'm telling you now, D is for discernment. D 
discernment will help you. It will keep you from danger. It will help you from uh, having uh, to go through a lot of unnecessary harm. Because if you believe and you um, divine as you as you should, it gives you this inside track. And so I kind of want to just make sure that before we go any further, that you really understand that it is able to penetrate down to the heart of a matter, to the essence, to the inmost character. And so hopefully that I've I've made that clear. Let's get into today's discernment, why you need it, okay? And so anyway, when we talk about discernment in, in today's world, we're talking about all these things I just talked about. It is also known as an ability to have um, insightful judgment, meaning that you're able to judge well. That's what it really means, the ability to judge well. And when you look at judging well, when we look at just the role of a judge, um, a lot of times that that judgment that we co- we get is not so that we can sit high and look low on someone. No, it's more so that we can uh, make sure that it is for our betterment. It's a protective device to be able to judge whether something is good or bad, worthy or unworthy uh, to be around us. And so it goes into this area of it being a protective measure for us. And of late, many people have um, been pressed to use their gifts of discernment, and they've been found lacking. I mean, when is the last time you did something uh, with someone only to find out that they didn't have your best heart, I mean, best, you know, um, at, at heart? Over and over again, social media is starting to expose and pull back the layers of all the situations where people are missing the mark because they are not paying attention to the fact that we all, A-L-L, we all should and must and can achieve a sense of discernment. And the reason why we should do this is because of that ability to judge well. Because when you look at this whole idea of working in a space without borders, you know, with the advent of um, the Internet, we can interact with any and everyone. And so there comes a time when you have to be your own judge to keep you from harm's way. And if we even look at the ability of a judge, it's a public officer uh, authorized to hear and decide cases to a court of law. It can be a magistrate charged with administration of justice. It can be a person appointed to decide in any competition, contest, or matter at issue. Uh, Authorized arbiter, a person qualified to pass this critical judgment on a situation. It goes on and on talking about what a judge is. And to be a judge for yourself talks about exercising that sovereignty that I, I, I talk about on this podcast when it comes to the nation, the state, the galaxy, the world called you. When you act as a judge on your behalf, what you're doing is you're imbuing yourself to be able to render justice for yourself. Now, let's talk a little bit about justice. And when we talk about justice, we talk about the balance. We talk about the path that dwells between 
the absolutes of right and wrong, good and evil, truth and untruth, the mental and the emotional. And so it's a harmonic situation. And justice for you is something that is very individual and it is best served when it is op- when you operate through discernment of your situation. And I wish everything could be so clear cut, but it can't. And so because we have quote unquote justice and we have to be good judges and we have to judge well when it comes to our lives, our situations, we are tasked with being able to develop the skills necessary to do this. And that is why we are talking about the need to be discerning. Okay. So now that we've got that uh, done and you guys, um, I, I hope I'm not you know, uh, running through this too fast because I'm trying to make sure I get all my notes out. Okay. So now that we talk about that, as you may have realized by now that discernment is uh, more like code. It is uh, a lot of the layers of discernment are hidden from just a casual look. And because discernment causes us to have to go back and exercise the observation and the deduction that I talked about uh, when I was equating it with what the fictitious characters of Sherlock and Colombo could do, it does cause us to have to do a little mental strengthening to be able to quickly uh, see and then lock down what we've seen so that we can make meaning of it. And of course, I hate to say it, but I have to go back and refer to a lot of the things I've talked about with regards to discernment and, I mean, um, deduction and, and the like. And we've talked a lot about making sure that you understand patterns, that you understand code, clues, symbols, and that you are able to look at everything with respect and admiration so that you can see the different layers. And it took me a long time to get to that point where I finally realized what my grandmother was doing. You know, she was trying to teach us how to do it for ourselves. But when I sat back as an adult and looked at it as objectively as I could to see why was my grandmother able to have this sixth sense about people and be right all the time, I started realizing that my grandmother uh, was able to put things together because she was always increasing her database of knowledge and building a repository uh, of, of references. You see, she was really big, just like most of my family, she was really big on information, um, books, and uh, eclectic um areas that she would be interested in. Her curiosity uh, points were off the roof. And I'm so glad that I inherited through that, you know, that maternal line of, of, of my uh, family, because it helped me to, uh, I, I think, get a grander understanding and appreciation for discernment at an earlier age. Now, am I going to say that, I, sit up here and tell you that I was perfect at it? I sure was not. I think I still am struggling to even get to a smidgen of what my grandmother was able to do. And yes, yeah, she probably had the talent and the gift, but as I said, when we were talking about skills and um, all of those things in a, in a, in a different podcast, she also used the skills and the tools that she had that made her superior at what she was able to do. And one thing about 
discernment, not just for my grandmother, but discernment in and of itself. Discernment not only requires that we're able to appreciate what we're seeing and and look at it from different angles and from different layers and understanding that there's always another secret to be unveiled. There's always another layer. There's always another communication. We also can recognize that when you are operating and working in the skill of discernment, you start operating in the ability to sequester your emotions and move subjectivity to the side so that as much as possible, you're able to be objective. And the reason why I say as much as possible is because we still have our own filters, our own experiences, and um, our own ways and views of seeing things, whether they be in our internal uh, way of viewing things or from... um, our environment of our culture and, and and how we view things from there. But if we can put aside the immediate emotions, we're able to decode instead of emote. And when you're able to decode first, oh my gosh, things just become so much more vivid. It's like technicolor when you're used to black and white or serpentina, um, uh, uh, sapia, excuse me. And and so it really gets to the point where you're able to open up an entire new world. It's uh, psychedelic, if you will. And it helps us because when you are bombarded with as much information, as many inputs and stimuli as we are on a given day, we are constantly playing catch up to all of the programming, the slick subliminal programming that's coming our way in so many different um, in so many different avenues. And it just really helps. And so wisdom for today and D is discernment and why we're talking about this is because it is coming a time when you are going to need to do a reset. You're going to revolutionize the way you look at things, the way you process things, if you're going to be able to find your North Star and be able to find your happiness point. Now, I don't usually talk about happiness points, but that helps people to understand. I would call it your 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 state of joy because happiness lives in joy, but happiness is fleeting, but you can always have joy. And y- y'all know how I feel about that. Um, And so it's kind of getting to the point where it's mandatory that this become a skill that you become very well acquainted with. And think about it. If you're constantly getting fed a diet of numerous sources, nitpicking and, and, and projecting things to you, and you're always on the passive receiving end of it, you don't even realize it, but a lot of times you give away your power and your ability to think for yourself. And what discernment does is it snatches back that ability where nothing gets into you to form a, a, a an opinion or a stance on anything until you guessed it. It is heard by your inner judge and tried and discerned to see if it be for you or, or against you. And when I was thinking about that um, recently, I was like, oh my gosh, wow, that's deep. And we have to become our own judges. We have, and if you already are, good for you. But for those people who have been 
on vacation and just been like, oh, okay, well, the news says this or everybody says that. We have to stop and look at the fact that it's our job as sovereign over our lives to be the filter by which something comes in. It is too many times now where we don't know how to discern anything and we are almost waiting for somebody to tell us how to feel about something. I uh, I am uh, about to release a new training and I'm uh, doing a lot of work and a lot of research on the history of uh, public opinion and how it's shaped, and how, uh, what thought leaders are, and thought masters. And I'm going to be doing some podcasts about it. Don't, don't worry about it. I'm definitely going to be doing that. And what I am amazed to see is that the, the concepts like the Overton window, we've talked about that. The Overton window is usually a concept when you're talking about politics and you want uh, general populations to accept something that might be outlandish. And so what you do is you put something way out there so they get appalled at that. And so when you back it back down, you back it back down to what you really wanted to get past and everybody's okay with it. It's kind of like you overshoot. Well, Overton window is one example, but we are currently in a mass media shower of opinions coming at us to to make what should be the ludicrous become the norm, where we're slowly moving ourselves to a state of the absurd that has become um, the baseline. And when you go back and you start to work on the skills of deducement, observation, and then you start to discern situations, people, events, and you start to look at the different layers and you learn to look for patterns, metaphors, heck, symbols, colors, events, looking for, has this ever happened before in history? Um, what does this color mean? Um, haven't I seen that bird before? You know, all of those different things you start to kind of like break out of this trance where you're like, oh my gosh. And when you, like I said, in technicolor, and you start to look around, you're like, wow, we've all been acting like cast members from the matrix. And you almost get to the point where you feel like you're unplugging from this system. And that's what I am currently hearing in the air. And so as you guys know, I, I will usually try to Make sure that I stay current with what I'm sensing, what wisdom is wanting to give us and let you know what's going on. And as I was talking, you know, for these last few months, I've really been feeling the winds of chaos. And we've talked a lot about chaos, how to embrace it, how to recognize its gifts, how to understand that, yes, it's messy, it's dangerous, it is disruptive and destructive and all of those things, but it's needful because it gets us out of the death spiral and it brings newness, it brings new life, it brings new opportunity, and it brings a new way for us to regain the good parts of order that we want to cling to. It gives us a new order, a new life. And because of that, There are certain processes that we have to embrace and others that we have to break the whole of them over ourselves. And that goes for not discerning anything, not in on the spiritual side of uh, how I was raised. There was a saying that says that you need to try the spirit by the spirit. And in, I guess, common speak, 
that would be see if you're on the right frequency. See if this is uh, something that holds a truth for you. Not because everybody is saying that it should, but because it is so. And um, I went back recently and reread uh, Predictably Irrational, and I made some notes. And one of the things that stood out to me uh, with all of the different uh, the different uh, research um, events that the author talked about was this one where he talked, yes, he did talk about how we're predictably irrational, how when you offer something free, we we do crazy stuff for free stuff, in, even if we don't need it and all of this. But there was this one thing that I had missed the first time when I, when I read the book, and that was where he talks about the need for uniqueness. And this is where I, I feel we are right now. I feel that, and like I said, this is my humble opinion, and you could take it or leave it, but maybe it'll just spark you to have um, something that that you can go into and explore for yourself. But with this need for uniqueness, what it says is that we tend to wake up to who we are as an individual and assert that need. And so when we're interacting with people, uh, say for instance, and in the book, he talks about ordering. When you order out loud, if, if someone is ordering something that you might have wanted without even realizing it, you'll change your order and get something that you might not have wanted because, you know, they're getting it. So I want to be unique. Um, and he talks about that when they ran experiments and let people order in private where nobody knew what each other were ordering, people tended to enjoy their meals better, but they ended up um ordering similar things. And it just stood to reason that that would be the case because we tend to be around people who are like us and who generally like the same things we do. Um, And so this need for uniqueness is something that is being propelled now. And it's kind of like we're having these wake-up calls where you're getting more people who are being more vocal about all of the things that they feel, all the things that they see. Some people are saying, oh, you know, everybody is um, all up in air. But what I, I sense it to be is that people are starting to re-embrace the need for discernment. And they're breaking out of the mold of just believing things because big brother or they said it. And so it's kind of a clarion call for you too to be able to hit that reset button, reset button and become the sovereign of your own life as well. To dare to look at things in a keen intellectual perception, to have that acuteness of judgment where you can get to the heart of a subject and get to the innermost character of what is being presented to you. Because if you don't, you will become led by those who can. And don't be the last one to wake up. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm here to tell you that This is that dawning. This is that age where if you just simply believe a little bit in yourself and you say, you know what, I am going to sharpen my skills of discernment and be mindful that you try everything uh, by your inner belief of knowing. Don't just accept something because, oh, everybody accepts it. Be willing to say, nope, not until I've had a chance to, you guessed it, judge it. 
uh, put it to the test to see if it works for you. Because not everything is for everyone. And too long, we have been led to say, oh, let's all just get along. Um, well, this paper said this and that, that said that. And so, yeah, I guess, you know, that's what I'll do because everybody is doing it. And be okay would win with when your need for uniqueness uh, comes forth and says, nope, I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to do uh, something different. I want to be unique. It's okay because that is a biological input that lets us know we're alive, lets us know we matter, and lets us know that uh, we are our individual selves. Yes, we are part of of society, the culture, the species, you know, whatever you want to call it, but we are individual as well. And we have that power and that ability to exercise that uniqueness. And so in the last few minutes that I have, let me just go back over and review what we've talked about because I want to make sure that I leave you with something very practical. So with discernment, it's the ability to judge well. And the etymology of the word has remained the same over, what is it, um, 4,400 years where it means that we have that keenness based on our intellectual perception to be able to penetrate down to the heart of the subject um, and have an insight to know the innermost character of something so that we have this acuteness of judgment and where we can be our own judges. So to be able to start working on your discernment, the first thing I'm going to tell you is to stop looking with your eyes and see with your all. Don't just trust your eyes. Don't just trust what you hear. Try them by what you know. Look and see if there's anything that reminds you of the situation. Have you ever experienced this before, whether it be a historical event that most people would know or a personal event that has happened in your life that only you know? Filter it through that and see if it can withstand scrutiny. The next thing is, is to not only look for the patterns, but start to get familiar with yourself. You see, not only your mind and uh, your thoughts work, but your body will also give you hints about discernment. When you are around someone, do you feel um, antsy, irritated? Do you feel lulled, drugged? Do you feel excited, interested? Those are also going to be insights into discernment, helping you to judge. And as they like to say, try the spirit by the spirit. Do you feel settled or upset? And then the next thing after that, and you see how we're using not only our perceptions and our mental capacity, but we're also using our senses and our physicality because it takes our all to be able to be discerning. And so the last because of my time, I want to make this my last one. But the last thing I want to want you to do is be willing to test and try and verify. Test, try, and verify. If you suspect something, put something out there and see if it comes back uh, the way you expected it to. Maybe you want to test someone's um, character to see if they are gossipy or if they are loyal or or if they have character flaws, be willing to do that, but do it in a nice, humane way. Don't set someone up for great pain and scarring, but tr- test uh, and verify so that you will know uh, that your discernment is on or off and adjust accordingly. So guess what, y'all? Mm-hmm. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes and like, share, subscribe. And guess what? I am going to see you tomorrow. Have a wonderful one. Bye.
that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.